Hi, my name is Randy May, and welcome to Decoding the Man podcast. Here at Decoding the Man, we have real conversations with real men and people in their lives. Whether we're talking about relationships, family life, masculinity, vulnerability, or mental health, we're having deeper conversations in a safe space. So buckle up, get comfortable, get a coffee, and listen in whether you're driving or sitting on the couch today. Get inspired, reflect, and have real conversations in your own life. At Decoding the Man, we're all about having a little bit of fun and getting a little bit deeper. The views expressed by the individuals in this podcast are solely the opinions and experiences of the guests of Decoding the Man. Hi, my name is Randy May, and this is Decoding the Man. Today we're with Movember, and we have a wonderful special guest, and his name is Will Wacklin, aka Cool Dad on Instagram. Please follow him. That's and right. we'll be interviewing him today to learn a little bit about what's it like being a dad and how does that impact your mental health and well-being and what are the cool things that you experience and get to do with being while you're dad. And so I'd like to welcome Will. Hey, how's it going, Randy? It's good. Thank you so much for coming on Decoding the Man at Movember. Yeah, no, happy to be here. So tell us, Will, a little bit about your life. You're the cool dad, and I want to know, like, tell me more about what that means. What that means? Well, it means I have, like, the latest brands and trends, and I listen to, like, the coolest music, so, like, up-to-date with the coolest music and stuff like that to connect with young teens, essentially. Okay, like, I'm, like, (laughs) what's on your music list? Like, I'm (laughs) Right now? Yeah. What's on my music list? Well, I, I mean, that Pop Smoke album that came out in July is really... It's been it's been killing it for me, really. Okay. It saved my summer, honestly. Um, okay. But uh, other than that, I mean, uh, I'm kind of all over the place, really. But uh, I kind of go back and forth from the old 2000s alternative stuff versus like the indie music back then and when okay. I was like a scenester. And then now, you know, you got to progress from that. But yeah, it's been music-wise helps actually with, with – so I have a toddler who's turning two the, in October, and then okay. I have three foster children. Okay. And so I have a 16-year-old uh, foster daughter and a 15-year-old foster daughter. And then I have a uh, 13-year-old boy. Right. Wow. That's busy. It's, yeah, it is. And I have a wife that helps with that for sure. So <laughs> that would be, that's that good would, to know. Yeah, because that would be rough. Yeah, you've got support. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, exactly. And we actually, because we're doing it through a, a foster agency, we actually have staff support as well. Okay, that's amazing. On top of that, yeah. So that's uh, that's been really helpful as well. So, what called you to be a foster parent? Like, I feel like that's a calling. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I got uh, I started the agency last summer, last August, and then I would, would I was working at my own kind of foster home, not my right. own, sorry, another one. Like, just I would go there for like sometimes eight to twelve hours, and then come right. home. Um, my Theo was just born, and then. Rochelle was my wife. She was still at uh, home from, from work uh, for mat leave. And then I would go from, I would have these 12 hour days from Sunday, oh yeah, Saturday, Sunday, these 12 hour days working at this, at this home. And I would never see my fam jam ever. Like, so I was like, okay, what's that really sucks. Not seeing uh, Theo and, and my wife Rochelle. So what's a good way of, doing that where I could see them and then also do have a, have a job. So then yeah. talked about it also like 
I don't know if this is headline news, but the foster system like sucks. Like it's not good. So it's, uh, it's, and so the system itself is, is terrible. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not telling any tales out of school, but, and so like, what's, what would it be like to be like a good one? So that was the idea. So then uh, we, uh, we started our own, opened up our own house in March, which coincidentally was when the shutdown of, of COVID happened. So that was, you know, they say don't open a foster home during a global pandemic, but you know, who cares, you know, that we do it anyway. You survived then. Yeah, we're, yeah, well, yeah, we're hanging on for sure. We're keeping it real. Yeah, you made it work though, which is really yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit more about like, what's it, what's it been like to transition uh, opening up a foster home in the middle of COVID? Um, so we just had the one come move in on the, uh, when it first happened in March. So uh, the 13 year old uh, moved in who I worked with from the other house. So it wasn't like a terrible transition. Um, it was, it's tough because these kids get moved around so much and all they want is stability. So that's probably the hardest part. And the biggest thing in the beginning was because I was with the 13 year old at the group home, like 24 seven, right. not 24 seven, like 12 hours a day. And then I get to go home. Uh, but then bringing him here and then splitting that time with my, my one-year-old was right. probably the biggest adjustment. And I think I wasn't prepared for the regression from, right. uh, from the, yeah. So that was probably been the hardest part really. Cause he's 13, but developmentally like they're a bit younger and you know, so, so then that brings it down a bit. And so he gets jealous of a, my two-year-old and so there's things happen. And plus we were seeing the same four faces, you know, obviously for the four months or whatever. So that's been, yeah. that was hard. So we're kind of at each other throat. And I think that I was prepared for who he was at the other home as opposed right. to being here. And because he got more comfortable, he expressed himself more and, you know, the real, you know, who he was would come out and that was, you know, and that's a lot of pain and, you know, a lot of trauma back then. So in a way, like it's good also, but sucks to take it on, but you know, but it's like, it's good now, you know, obviously doing it now until he he ages out of a group home where she has no skills to, to cope or even to live. So that was, that was, so that's been gradually, slowly, but surely getting there. Then in June we had the 16 year old come and, And so that was, that was hard too, because of the in and outs and trying to be locked down and then, you know, trying to close down the bubble, but they, they don't care because they have no self-worth and, you know, so it's, it's really, really hard to navigate through that, but we're making it work. And then August, we had a 15 year old move in. So it's like all of them. And because they were an exception because we weren't going to take on anymore, but then this one knew we lived in the house with both of them at one point so okay. the familiarity kind of helped with yeah. it but and so but it's like a restart and because it was before school like too much like it was just a lot so it's like appointments and the yeah. paperwork with the foster stuff is, is really a lot so it's like it stinks but it's it's good so like if it wasn't for my wife doing all the paperwork she's good because she works from home but yeah. uh she can do it all I'm not a paperwork guy mainly because I'm not much of a reader, but I, I can do, you know, I do other things, you know, hands-on, more hands-on stuff. So I can do, uh, so I do more of the child, like the care work, you know, all that stuff, kind of doing all the, uh, the cooking, the cleaning and, and taking care of like keeping the, them alive, essentially, really. So you keep the ship running. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Try to. I mean, it's, yeah, we both, we're both, my wife and I are very good at, uh, we're very good at the partnership of it. So it, that's what, what's the biggest part, I think, because we can, as long as we were good, the family's good. I think 
you know, we've been had a couple tiffs here and there, but ultimately, like, if it wasn't for, you know, our strong connection, I don't, this wouldn't work, right? So. And how did you maintain that throughout all of this with your partner? Like, what did, what was your go-to? Like, how did you manage those things coming up with the stress of all of it? Um, honestly, well, like a big part of it is, so I have, it's just finding those outlets. So I, I have my, my show that I've done, you know, my, my, I have a basketball show. I don't know if you know that, but from behind me, you can tell, but I had this show I do. Um, uh, what's the show called? And that was, it was oh, called three in the key. And it was a, yeah, it's three in the key. It's a basketball show on TSN 1200. And then, uh, turned a pod, it was a podcast and became a radio show. And then we did some stuff for CBC sports as well so um this past summer but and then that was a nice little outlet but like sports are like my outlet to go to type of thing uh but then sports didn't exist so that sucked so yeah. that so i had to uh yeah that was awful so and then so a big thing honestly sam sam's i think he's in the room there but he's um so i almost i talked to him i think every day honestly like for for uh, almost like it just yeah like for like two two and a half hour phone calls like it's like my wife was getting jealous. So <laughs> I think it was, a bit, <laughs> it was hard, but yeah. And so like those having those conversations, being able to, to let loose and joke and riff and, and stuff like that really was, was helpful throughout this, this whole thing. Uh, for the listeners, you might not be able to see Sam right now, but uh, he's here. <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. what it sounds like is that that connection between bros is really important. And it yeah. really took you through going through something really difficult because the reality is, you know, starting a foster home is wonderful, but it's challenging. But on top of that, you're putting the stress of a pandemic and everybody having to be in the same place at the same time. Exactly. And the kids also, all three of them go to a different school and then the toddlers just for the ride, I guess. Like, so it's, it's a lot, but. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more. Like, I'm really curious about, how has this impacted just your own mental health and your own sense of well-being and your sense of being a man and a dad? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of um, questions. Well, but yeah, take well, it well, it comes to be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a good, great question. I get this all the time. Um, so <laughs> no, I, I, I'd say probably my manliness is still intact for sure. Um, <laughs> okay. no, I, just, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Can you understand what uh, that means? Can you define that for me? I don't know. I still like sports. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I just, uh, I do a lot of the cooking and cleaning, so it's a hard balance, you know? But, because uh, I think that big part of it was th- that care work of it. Um, I think my wife and I always discuss, like, the care work always being, you know, a gendered thing when it comes to uh, the home and, and you know, it just kind of falls on 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 the, on the female and, and the relationship, you know? So, for for me, it was uh, a big thing for me to step in and step in and do that, you know. And I went to, I went back to school for a social service worker before, and I did radio first, and then went back to school to do social service worker. And a um, push was for me. I had a learning disability and and ADHD, and so they, I got diagnosed with that before going back to school, and then that helped to get accommodated for schooling. Right. And give me this confidence to, to kind of do it. And, and that really helped and, and, and getting the, you know, needed medication for that. And that can, it gave me more confidence really to help out and I could actually run, help run the household, you know? Right. And I think, cause all, oftentimes I would be, you know, just procrastinating and kind of leave, 
uh, Rochelle to her own type of thing. But uh, as far as the mental health side of things, it's it's funny because I don't uh, like I I have my down days, of course, and my up days. My my wife does too. Um, she's just like go go go. She's a machine, right? She's onto the next yeah. one. She's perfectionist, right? Um, and and so she's the stuff she can get done in an hour is incredible. And she's just started a new job now this week. And she's just unbelievable how she can still work from home and then have kids knocking on her door being like, we need this, we need that because yeah. the kids are going to school every other week or every other day. Right. So they go Monday right. home Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. So it's, it's tough with the teens because they're not going every day. Um, but it's a good thing we have the staff support for her for helping for homework. But uh, so, yeah. And then for, for me though, it's like almost like there's no time to even like think about it till at the end of the day. And then you're just like right. exhausted, but like I, my wife's in the house, but I never see her. It's so weird. So okay. that's the hardest part in trying to find those, that time for each other and seeing each other. Like that's been the biggest, I think, drawback from it. It's just like, I guess I'll see you like in four years, maybe like, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> that's been tough. You know, as I was, I was telling Sam, there's a scene in the Simpsons when Mr. Burns, gets diagnosed, you know, gets, has this, all these physics, has an exam for a physical exam. And then the doctor says, well, you actually have like all the diseases, you have them all. And he's like, right. what? That's bad news. Like, well, actually it's not bad news that like, you have, they're so all of them all together. See, they're trying to fit through the door, but they can't. So it's not affecting you. So I feel like that's what it is with all the emotions going on from like okay. my, my my real family not my real family my 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 home family and back in bc to to here to my wife's uh family to to everything to all those things kind of just congestion i just don't have i'm just kind of like on to the next one gotta think about what slow things down kind of do what what's got to get done today as opposed to the future right now that's the right trying to survive the moment really so kind of like being present is really important for you yeah, that's the hugest part, and and I think the any the talk therapy has been huge too. So, my wife and I have talked to trauma counselors and talk, right. you know foster specific uh, counselors that will help us and give us techniques going forward to uh, how to talk to these kids. I'm so glad to that's hear that um, that you're seeing a therapist and getting therapy and support for yourself and your partner. Um, do you remember the moment that you realized that how important that was and you reached out? Um, well, because my wife and I had done it before we got married, we kind of did a like a pre-counseling thing, not that we needed it. It was more yeah. just a kind of double down on it. And uh, it was it was very, very helpful. And that's what I liked. I would never had been really good with the one-on-one. Right. Mainly because I'm not super, I don't know, I just, every time I catch up to it and I'm too self-aware and I've read the, you know, the textbooks of like self-care and all that stuff. It's like, okay, I've seen, I've read this already. So, um but with, when, when my wife and I can bounce each other, you know, bounce off each other's ideas and, and kind of talk with, with one person, it, it was really helpful, I found. So uh, I liked, I preferred that, actually. And then when it came to the trauma counselor, we kind of did the same thing, even with the foster kids as well. So, right. And, and that's, and yeah, so since then, I've been really, really big. And I would actually prefer talking to someone like my best friend, Sam, than one-on-one with a, with a counselor, just because he's already in it. So I don't have to re-explain it to someone new, the whole thing, you know? So he's, yeah. he knows enough, not to say that his vice isn't great, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's there, you know, so it's good. I'd rather just joke about it and bottle it up forever. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so, 
I was like, well, well. Wait, <laughs> wait a second, what? So yeah, that's. Uh, you know that I actually am a counselor when I'm not here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> Don't worry, we won't turn this into a counseling session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really like I'm. Re- it's really awesome to hear that you have solid support in Sam. Um, there's a lot of love for Sam, and I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you're able to like share that freely. That he's a main support in your life. Um, for sure. And that that partnership and connecting with other men is so important and checking in on each other. Oh, definitely. I think that's a, a big, big part of it, too, because people get left, you know, onto the sides, unfortunately, when they're not, you know, people kind of get self-focused a little bit, you know, and not to say, you know, it's just you want to reach out and be helpful. But sometimes, you know, not that you forget about people, but you just want to check in, like you said, and say hello and catch up type of thing. Yeah, it's important because I think we forget, like we might see people's, you know, someone might, Sam might log on to your cool dad Instagram and you might look like you're doing super awesome. <laughs> and oh, so you may be like, <laughs> you might think that it's it's true and then he may never check in on you because yeah, like, exactly. oh, cool dad will is just being cool and everything's all good, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's right. I try to make feel, I want people to feel bad by knowing how good I'm doing. That's why I put it out there. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of the stigma of social media, right? Exactly. Uh, that everyone, we post pictures that look awesome and serene. And the reality is like, there's real people behind um, behind those photos. Exactly. Uh, and there's real people behind the mustache, which you have. Well, kind of. It's blonde. It's like a ghost stash. Like, it depends on the lighting. It's very, it's like Larry Bird, like 86, kind of. It's not great, but. It's better than mine. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> My dad has like a really thick brown one and I think he yeah. just judges me. So that's the hard part. Okay. Your mustache looks great. People might not I be can't. able to see this right now, but he has a wonderful mustache. It's fine. I have to shave it for November, obviously, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Are you looking forward to that? Uh, November? Yeah. Shaving starting. Yeah. On, starting oh, of over. course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that this is like a year's work, you know, so that's going to be hard <laughs> when it comes to the end of November. Like, did you try? Like, no, I did. I don't know if the sun's <laughs> not hitting it enough or whatever but it's hard you might shed a tear yeah exactly one single tear that's right for this mustache but it's okay i'll grow back exactly (laughs) exactly so if you could tell us one thing that's been so um that's been helpful for you kind of like keeping it together because you do a lot like you have you do a podcast you've got Mm -hmm. amazing kids you've got a house a partner all of these things going on what's one message that you would love to give to men on their journey and maybe they're struggling or maybe they don't really know what to do next? Um, yeah, I think the big thing is just, yeah, what we were saying before, just finding that, that support system and who you, your go-to. Like for me, it's my wife and, and the thing is my wife's in it too. So it's, sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, talk cause we're kind of just talking about the kids, you know, as well. So it's hard to, you know, cause we're trying to, we're, briefing about the day but we're also it's hard to get out of that because we're right. experiencing the same thing um but you know finding someone outside of it and and kind of getting because I, I just talking it about it and getting you know getting it off your chest or anything like that is uh, the the relief i feel after it is is huge so it, it's really good and and, then, and if you are you know if you are you know feeling down and depressed and you know don't be afraid to you know seek out 
that help and, and try and like the medication, you know, it works. Like, you know, my wife is on an antidepressant right now and, and it's been, it's been helpful. So, and I mean, especially with the kids too, we're trying to push for a lot of the, the medication. I mean, hard, part of the reason why, because the system's so hard, right. um, it we be, the system kind of tells us, I mean, Hey, you're doing a bad job if the kids need therapy, if the kids need medication, you know what I mean? Right. And we're trying to tell them it's the opposite. Like, Hey, it's, it's a good thing. They need these things to, to help them out. And so that's been our biggest struggle and challenge and right. trying to be, trying to get them help and they don't want to pay for it. So, and, and that's been the, been the biggest challenge, but yeah, just don't be afraid to, you know, reach out and, and to somebody, to anybody else. And, and they might be feeling the same way. And I mean, that's the constant, that's the constant message that Movember has been, been pushing too. So I know it's uh it's the same thing, but just find that support system and, and, and use it. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing your journey with us. I really, no really problem. appreciate it because it's real. Um, and I think people need to hear what you're saying because people are going through so much right now and they might not know how to get through it, but you know, they can see cool dad will is getting through it through exactly. supports, through his wife uh, and through Sam. I feel like Sam should make an appearance. <laughs> But he's here and um, that partnership, that broship is so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you have that in your life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thanks, Randy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being on this uh, podcast today with us. And I just want to ask you one question. Why are you mowing this year? What, say it again. So why are you mowing this year? So why are you shaving off your mustache oh, well, because, to start again? Oh, okay. I was like, because like the grass will get long, Randy. That's why. <laughs> Do you know how judgmental my neighbors are? That's why I mow. You kidding me? They're like, oh, you're just, like, hey, is that is, you trying to turn hay over there? Like, get out of here, Dave. <laughs> Such a I know jerk. when I when I said mowing, I played it back in my brain instantly, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I have an I have an electric lawnmower. If that's what you mean. I have one too. Okay, good. So saving yeah. the planet there. There saving we go. The oh, yeah, no. Uh, yep. I'm mowing since I've been doing it with Sam since uh, I don't know, like seven years, six, six, know, maybe, yeah, six, seven years with Sam. So I've been there for even before he was with Movember. So I've been supporting him a long time, um, and that's and and that's me supporting him on his side, you know. So that's why I, why I do it. Thank you for listening to Decoding the Man. If you have any questions, suggestions, or a topic that stood out to you, or you're seeking support please email us at decodingtheman at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at decodingtheman. We'd like to thank Carissa McLeod, our social media and audio producer, Brian Sudama, our executive producer, and our theme song, Darling, is brought to you by David Porges.